Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. Every week, we discuss issues including disability and income inequality. As the nation commemorates National Hispanic Heritage Month, the nonprofit think tank, the Latino Donor Collaborative, is out with a report showing that the economic output of those communities is a driving force in the U.S. In 2020, the total gross domestic output of Latinos in this nation was $2.8 trillion. And if they were an independent country, they would rank in the top five globally. President and CEO Ana Valdez joins us to break it down. That conversation after this short break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. If Latinos in the United States were an economy, they would be more powerful than all the other countries where they come from. This is the incredible part of it, right? They would be the fifth largest economy, which is above any of the Latin American countries by themselves. So it's this synergy of the American dream, the possibility of creating magical, you know, things in this country and the hard work of Latinos when they migrate here, immigrate here, but also the Latinos that are here. Because, um, you know, more than, I think 35% of Latinos in America are immigrants, but 65% of them have been here in some cases since the 1500s. So it's this combination of a community um, that is united by traditions and by kind of country of origin, if you may, but that in some ways, you know, also has a lot of values that uh, produce these numbers. So very proud of the results and very surprised also. We, we were, you know, we heard a lot how Latinos suffered through the pandemic, but apparently they went back to work quickly and they, um, they actually produced a lot that year. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the pandemic because I'm an African-American woman and both of our communities were hit pretty hard during of COVID. Course. How did Hispanics Absolutely. and Latinos get past all of that? It is very interesting. That's a really great question. And I wish I knew more about the situation of African-Americans in the same context, because I think we would learn a lot from the African-American community also. Uh, in the case of Latinos, you're right, there were 60,000 people dead in the Latino community. And 
it was horrible and it was a tragedy. I guess, you know, out of the 60 million that Latinos are, um, you know, there was still a part of the community that, you know, was able to continue growing. And then this is, this is a very interesting number. Um, 900,000 homes were bought by Latinos in 2020, which leads us to believe that although there is a part of the community that was very affected and of course, essential workers, right, were directly affected, um, both in your community and ours. Um, there was somehow a part of the community that had savings, that had credit, that were, you know, in a situation where they could actually take an opportunity out of um, a crisis. And um, so there was, you know, they, they built wealth and they actually were able to, um, to drive the country's economy forward rather than other countries like England or India, right, that uh, went down on GDP. In the case of the Latino community in the United States, they, they did go down a tiny bit, but very little compared to other countries. Talk to me about some of the other ways that Hispanics and Latinos are driving the economy in addition to buying homes, because there's a whole lot more than that. Absolutely. I think probably the most important part is building new businesses. Um, according to the study that we do with Stanford, uh, more than 53% of all the new businesses are founded by Latinos. And the reason why this number is so impressive, if you may, is that Latinos are only 19% of the population, but they're building and they're founding 53% of the new businesses. So it's this combination of entrepreneurship, um, you know, that is very prevalent in any immigration, you know, uh, wave. But in this case, it's not only the entrepreneurship, but also, I hate to say this, but, you know, a reaction to the lack of access, right? Uh, African-Americans, Latinos, we know what it is to not have access to mm -hmm. corporate jobs, government jobs, uh, all those traditional jobs that, you know, for, for an American that is not a minority are so, so, such no brainers, right? Um, even starting with internships and, um, you know, pipelines and all this. So we believe that the re one of the reasons of entrepreneurship in the Latino community is having to build their own ways of creating wealth. And so to, what, to your question, tell me more about, um, you know, what other things make Latinos, you know, uh, you know, be strong creators of wealth. I think one of them and the most important is entrepreneurship. Another one is education. So the, um, I'm just going to give you a, a piece of data. In, um, nine, in 1980, the dropout rate, high school dropout rate of Latinos was 46. The dropout rate today is eight. Wow. So Latinos and then 69% of the people that are graduating from college in the Latino community are actually, I'm sorry, that are graduating from, from high school, 60, 9% are actually enrolling in college. So I think education is another factor. You know, the, especially in the case of the immigrant community, the parents came here with no English. They came here with no education. They worked really hard. And the most important um, goal of these parents were to give a better life to their children. So the, these kids were able to go to school and they're creating wealth in ways that their parents never even you know, drama. So that's another aspect. 
But in the midst of all of the positive news from the report, there's still a pretty substantial wage gap for Latinos compared to non-Latino whites, right? So that's a fact. You're absolutely right. The, 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 the thing that um, is incredibly hopeful within these numbers is that, so if, if you actually see a, you know, a, an American from zero to a hundred years old, Latino biggest concentration of people is in the 11 years range. The same measurement for an Anglo is 53. So I give you these numbers to show the youth, the the amount of youth of Latinos. So I'm going to give you another number that talks about the youth. So Latinos are overall, according to the census, and 19% of the population, also according to the census, Latinos are 25% of all the Gen Z, Gen X, I'm sorry, Gen Zs. And then they are 30% of all the Gen Alphas in America. So the reason why we're very hopeful with this wealth gap is that most of the kids of immigrants that, um, by the way, 90% were born in America, will be entering the workforce much better educated. Their first language is English. And in the next 10 years, they will be coming in, um, you know, to start working. And we believe that that will be also a huge push um, to close that wealth gap. So let me ask you, I wonder, do you think these numbers are going to change some of the flat-out prejudice and racism, right, that Hispanics and Latinos run into. And that this is not even including the crisis at the border. But are people going to see your community differently? That's a really great question. And thank you for you being the interviewer because you know our you, you know our situation and you you know that's that's amazing. I love that you asked this question. And let me tell you why we do this data. The reason why we do it is because for business people, for smart business people, this is key. If you actually have a strategy, if you're a consumer product, you know, CEO, company CEO, if you are a, um, you know, state legislator, if you are a, you know, um, anybody that is a resource allocator, if you make plans without taking in account 30% of your population, that's an IQ test that they shouldn't go through because they'll fail. <laughs> so these numbers are for business people and resource allocators to know that they need to make a change because if they don't, their competition will and they'll eat the pie alive. So I'm going to ask you a couple of things outside of the report because I'm curious with all of the with all of the hand wringing over the uh you know asylum seekers being bussed from Texas and Arizona to Florida and gasp Martha's vineyard you know what what do you think about the way the nation is handling that whole thing you know it's so funny i was just at a panel and one of the um, uh one a chief economist of one of the banks was saying that <laughs> that the DeSantis should be, we, the Latinos should be thanking DeSantis because what's happening is that these immigrants that are going, that are being sent to these places are now employed. They have been, um, helped. They have been hosted at homes, private homes, you know, that have opened their doors for them. 
And there are several companies really excited to have the workforce. So I don't know if you saw that there's a joke right now that President Biden is saying, can you send us some to Delaware? We really need some workforce. And so um, I think this will show the country that are other aspect of why Latinos are here, which is there's a huge shortage of workforce. Before the pandemic, it was 7 million jobs not being filled, according to the Department of Labor. After the pandemic, there are 11 million jobs not being filled. And DeSantis is showing us, you know, that's why immigrants are coming because they're needed. They're employed now in New York and in Martha's Vineyard and wherever they go, they will be employed. We need people to work. And I should note that we were talking about Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis. Let me ask you another question with the devastation in Puerto Rico right now. And all over Twitter earlier this week, when a lot of the media was covering the funeral of the queen, very few places seem to be covering the devastation in Puerto Rico, although that has changed. What do you think about how help there has gone for some people that still have tarps on their houses from the last hurricane? You know, we are so proud of our country. The United States is amazing. I'm an immigrant, but I'm an American now. So I'm extremely proud of America. But when you see those things, especially in Puerto Rico, it's part of the United States some way or another. And to allow that horrendous devastation um, is, is just embarrassing, to be honest with you. I come from Mexico. Mexico is a third world country and I've seen poverty. Nothing like what you get to see in places like in the cities in Puerto Rico, in the countryside in Puerto Rico. No, you don't see that kind of that level, you know, without power for days. And in some cases with Maria, with, you know, for months, you never see that in any Latin American country. So to have within our territory a place that we have, um, you know, left so much to its own, you know, tragedy is is really it's it's horrendous. That's Latino donor collaborative CEO and president Anna Valdez. Thanks so much for joining us, and thanks to Alan Peng for his production assistance. Like what you hear? Come on back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Friday. Follow the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast and leave a rating or review. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. Hey everybody, John Stewart here. I am here to tell you about my new podcast, The Weekly Show. It's going to be coming out every Thursday. So exciting. You'll you'll be saying to yourself, TGIT. Thank God it's Thursday. We're going to be talking about all the things that hopefully obsess you in the same way that they obsess me. The election, economics, earnings calls. What are they talking about on these earnings calls? We're going to be talking about ingredient to bread ratio. 
on sandwiches. And I know that I listed that fourth, but in importance, it's probably second. I know you have a lot of options as far as podcasts go, but how many of them come out on Thursday? I mean, talk about innovative. Listen to The Weekly Show with Jon Stewart wherever you get your podcasts.